Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. And now, score senior football analyst, Hub Arkish, on Sports Radio 670 The Score. have the intro, big voice guy, maybe not John Crescenda, but we certainly have the classical music, horns, trumpets, and Hub Arkish is worth trumpeting. Welcome back. Hub, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Steve? I'm doing good. Guest hotline presented by Circus Sports Illinois. That's where Hub joins us, and we'll talk bears and lions, and I like to talk, like to talk Offensive line, the Bears made a move. I don't know what you thought about that and bringing back Nate Davis and moving Tevin Jenkins to left guard after what you had seen. We had talked about what developed on the right side. What do you think of the move? What do you think of the offensive line? What does that do for Justin Fields? Well, you know, getting the offensive line better obviously helps. And, you know, Nate Davis was one of their big signings during the offseason. He's had a a strange off season, a tough beginning to the year, then the injury, um, you know, family issues, and uh, he's a good football player, and, and he was an improvement on the offensive line coming in. So I think getting him back healthy has to be a good thing. And, and you know, the other piece of it really is when you look at how Jenkins has been playing on, on the offensive line, you know, the Bears are going to have – their best team of the season on the field tomorrow. Uh, It's just, you know, they're healthy for the first time really all year in a lot of ways. And getting Davis back is just one more bonus. And and against this team, against the Lions, it's really going to be big. You know, at the end of the day, this game could come down to to one thing. You've got the Detroit Lions coming in, you know, basically second in the league against the run and the Bears second in the league running the football. And so as much as we focus on, on, you know, the quarterbacks and everything else, I think that could be what decides the outcome of this game and getting Davis back should be help with that. Hub Arkers is my guest, senior NFL analyst for the score. We're talking bears here, bears and lions tomorrow. Do you, what do you expect? What do you hope to see? What do you need to see? However you want to phrase it or talk about it. Justin Fields tomorrow and his return, it will be over 30 days since he has played dislocated right thumb and he says he can grip things and that 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 won't be a problem and ball security won't be an issue what do you think well i want to be confident you know the bottom line 
is that he started terrible. You know, the first four weeks were really bad. He played his two best games as a pro at the position in the two games before the game in which he got hurt. And so, you know, was that the beginning of something? Was that, you know, a, a sudden wake-up call? You know, was he suddenly arriving? Or did he just have a couple good games against a couple bad teams? That we don't really know. I do think that after the, the really rough start prior to those two games, I had tweeted, you know, I think a week or two before he got hurt, that I would sit him down for a week and, and, and let him have a reboot and take some time off and watch and learn. And so it's possible that these, you know, you never want to see anybody get hurt. And, and Fields is, is a good young man. And, and you know, I, I think that you know, it's not that he has problems mentally. It's the problems with NFL, you know, mental understanding. And, and so whether that turned, whether he finally started to figure it out in those two games before he got hurt or not, I don't know. But I do think this time off can be good for him. And again, the fact that this is the first time they've been healthy all year. When you look at the players they've been without, without their best running backs, without you know, uh, you know, half the secondary, without half the offensive line, they've got all of that back tomorrow, or at least we think they're going to have almost all of it back. And I think that, that all that should be good for Justin Fields. So we're coming off a game in which the Bears' defense did not allow a touchdown, but more importantly, the Bears' offense did not allow a touchdown. There were parts of that game as 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 dialed back as that game plan was. It was just an, it was enough to beat a team that bad. But there were parts of it I kept thinking I want to see Justin Fields be given that chance. I think he could do more with it. Did you feel that way? Are there parts of the game plan the scheme that you want to see change that you want to tailor to what Justin Fields should be able to do and do well? No, I, I think that's been a huge problem with the reporting of this football team all year long. And, you know, people looking at Luke Getze and Matt Eberflus and trying to blame them for, you know, not doing a good enough job with what was the worst team in the league last year, just a few weeks into this season. You know, at the end of the day, Luke Getze has to build the system for the Chicago Bears that will help them get to the playoffs, compete to win playoff games, compete to, to go to Super Bowls. You don't do that by by just adjusting your offense to what you know your quarterback can do. The job is to teach the quarterback to run your offense or get another quarterback. And, and so, you know, I, I don't think Luke Getze has really been treated fairly at all this season so far with, with the evaluation of what he's been doing. It's not about what he's been doing. It's about they're the youngest team in the league right now. They're in a complete rebuild. Are these young players getting better? Are the, the free agents learning the system? Has all of that been developing? And I think if you look over the last six weeks, they're three and three, you know, and, and I know they're playing bad teams. It's a, it's a bad schedule, but that's what happens when you're the worst team in the league. That's not <laughs> their fault. You know, you, you just got to, you got to beat the teams you play and they have been playing much better. And the thing that, that has, there hasn't been enough conversation about the defense has really improved since Flus took it over himself, you know, and that wasn't what they wanted. You know, they didn't want the defensive coordinator to, to get in trouble and have to quit. But at the end of the day, they've been playing much better, you know, in the last six weeks, particularly on defense. And, and hopefully that continues to develop tomorrow. We'll see. This is certainly going to be the best team they have faced. Well, the, the Chiefs, of course, but beyond that, the best team they've faced this year. Um, you can't pick them to win. The, the Lions are a better team, but I've got a funny feeling they are going to win because I think the extra time off, I think the, the new health, I think getting Fields back at quarterback. You know, Baden has been a great story, and he could be the backup for some time to come. He may eventually develop into the starter. I don't know. 
but he's not Fields with athletic talent. You, you know, he just understands the game better and runs it better than Fields does so far. But I think getting Justin back and, and his athletic talent, if he runs like he did last year, if he runs when he has to, not just because he wants to, because they think that's what he does best, then that, that's a big plus for the team. Now, if he can throw the ball well enough, which he hasn't done consistently, that's what we're waiting to find out, and that's what the next seven weeks are all about. But I think tomorrow you're going to see the best Bears team that you've seen yet this season, at least talent-wise, and, and who they think should be their starters. We know that, and hopefully they'll perform that way. Hub, I have a problem with what you said about it, it was the opposite of what I believe. And I believe you coach the players who were there, coach the players who were in front of you, coach the team that's in front of you. And you you basically mirrored the idea that this is the scheme that's going to get us to the Super Bowl. You have to play within that scheme, which which in a lot of ways means Justin Fields has to throw from the pocket and throw quick and make those decisions and live to, to throw another day by throwing the ball away. And, and yet that seems to, in a lot of ways, not take advantage of what Justin Fields does well, and we saw what it can do for the offense last year and for him. So how? Did, why? Why can't you balance that? Why can't why cue so strongly to that scheme, which seemed to be the downfall of Matt Nagy of forcing a guy into the scheme and not coaching the player who's there in front of him. Well, I, I'm not sure that we're really disagreeing about anything. Of course, you have to coach the players that you have, but you have to coach them to get better at what you need them to do to win football games. And when you talk about, you know, what Fields did last year, yeah, he was the best running quarterback in the league, and that made them the worst team in the league at three and fourteen. <laughs> and, and and you know, I don't want to go back to that. I don't think anybody wants to go back to that. At the end of the day. Yes, you have to coach the players you have that you have and do what you think they can do best, but you have to teach them to run what you think is the best scheme. You don't just change the scheme because they can't do it. And and you're not going to win games that way. You know, you, you may win one or two more, but you're not going to get where you want to go. That's what this quote again rebuild is all about. And so I think that this entire season has been about finding out which of these players that they already have with all the new ones that they've added can be part of what eventually becomes the contending team or not. Yeah, you want to do what they do best, but you also want them to learn your scheme, which you think is the scheme that's going to help you win games when it really matters. Hub Arkish is my guest. He's senior NFL analyst for The Score, and that's the radio station you're listening to, Saturday Suckage, and we're talking Bears, Bears, Lions. What does Justin Fields have to do? Is it to, to convince the Bears – that he's the guy and all the money and all the faith and the position and all of that going forward. What does he have to do in the next seven weeks? And I guess we start with stay healthy, but do you need to see numbers? Is it just simply in the eye of the beholder? This guy looks like he gets it. Does he show that he gets it? What are the things you think the bears need to see from him? You know, Steve, Justin feels from where I said has, has shown two problems that have kept him from becoming, uh, you know, the franchise starting quarterback. Mm -hmm. One, he doesn't read the field well enough. He doesn't see the field well enough. He doesn't have the natural instinct for the position that you see in the great ones, or he hasn't demonstrated it yet. I shouldn't say he doesn't have it. I I don't want to give up on him yet, because when you look at the athletic talent, you know he has the ability to do it, 
Does he have the, the, the NFL mental aspect to do it? And he has not shown that so far. He continually misses things. He, he continually reads things wrong. He continually puts the ball in the wrong place. And, and that's what separates the, the good quarterbacks from the rest of them. Now, I'm, I'm not a believer that that can necessarily – it can be improved – but I don't know that it can be taught. I think you're born with that. I think Tom Brady was bought, born as Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers was born as Aaron Rodgers. That's not something that their coaches taught them. And we don't know if Justin Fields is going to be able to develop that or not. That's the most important thing. The second most important thing that's easier to see, and I'm surprised nobody talks about it, is that his accuracy is barely average at best. He's not accurate throwing the football. Now, that can be improved, and, and, and you can do it with work, but it hasn't improved much yet. It, except, again, for those last two games before the third one in which he got hurt. And so that, I think, is promising to show that that might be improving. And and that's what you're looking for in the next seven weeks. This is It's not about they're going to make a 7-0 and run to the playoffs. That's not going to happen. It doesn't matter how bad the schedule is. But we've seen real improvement from the defense. We've seen real improvement in the running game. And if we continue to see improvement in all the other areas they need to improve in, that's what this season has been all about. And I think that is how you should, not you, but, but we should judge, uh, you know, flus and, and polls. It's just, it's too early right now. The silliness that people talking week three, week four, week five about firing the coach, you know, that's not the answer to anything. And we don't even know if he needs to be fired yet. I think we're going to have a much better feel in the next seven weeks. And, and then we'll see where they go from there. You know, you do have a new president of the organization who did not hire these two guys. He may want to make a change just because he wants to make a change. He may think they're doing a good job and that he's excited about what they can now do. They're going to have a great off season with those two picks in the, in the top 10, most likely still again, with the most room under the salary cap um, and, and well, and some of their young people now, you know, like Komet, like sweat getting signed, the rebuild is working. It's just going slower than anybody liked. But when you start 0-4 and, and then you go 3-3, three and three, people have to understand that, that this is improving, you know, and it's just not happening as fast as we would like it all to happen. And, and you know, you certainly hope that they win at least four or five of the last seven games. Habarkus is my guest. We're talking Bears football here on The Score. So do you – is there been any indication from Ryan Poles? I mean, actually, Tyson Bajan is more his guy than Justin Fields is because he came in under Ryan Poles' um, stewardship. And some general managers are tight with that and value that, and others don't. They just want a best player. Do we have any feeling of which way Ryan Poles leans in a situation like that? Because it affects Justin Fields in, in – disjointed Bears tradition, it seems. A quarterback is was here, and here comes a new GM and or coach, and here comes a new team president, and everybody's from a different era. Do you know, you have any indication, have you written about Ryan Poles and which way he leans in a situation like that? Well, I, I think you look at where he came from and, and what got him the job. You know, coming out of Kansas City, that that's pretty good right there when you look at where the Chiefs are at yeah. and, and, you know, what, what hopefully he learned from them. The other thing that people, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say it, but they'll focus on it. He's 38 years old. I mean, all my kids are older than him. He, you know, and, and he's a youngster, uh, you know, for a general manager in the job. And when you look at what he's done, you really have to call it the first year. You can't call it the first two years. 
I like more of what he's done than what he hasn't done. He's made some mistakes. You know, certainly the Chase Claypool was a mistake. Everybody's going to make a mistake about a player. You know, you don't fault him for that. But he's also done some things that I really like. You know, he's protected that cap room. He signed some good free agents. But again, coming back next year, is going to have plenty of money to spend. When, when you look at the two drafts so far, they've got some players that, that are worth being excited about. Um, you know, I like the right tackle. I like Tyreek Stevenson. Um, you know, I think they've got some guys that they can build around. They don't have enough yet. Um, and then the other thing, which is it's not an excuse, it's just a reality. When you look at the injuries, every team in the league has injuries, but they literally have been playing the whole season so far without at least half their starting offensive line with the defensive line brand new and all learning the system with at least half their starting people in the secondary without their top two, three running backs at time. And now without their quarterback the last four weeks, even though the patient story has been fun. So it's just, you know, understanding that these, these rebuilds take at least two years, sometimes three and that you're only not even a full year into it yet. Um, that's why I'm reluctant to put any kind of grades on, on polls or flus. But uh, I think with polls, it's easier for me. I like more of what he's done than I dislike. With Matt, it's harder because, again, this talent is developing. He's made some in-game decisions that I haven't been wild about. But, you know, that's why they're head coaches and we're just fans, you know. And so I'm not going to say that I know more about those decisions than him. You know, I hear people talking about analytics all the time, Steve. It's like I don't think we even heard the word analytics until three or four years ago. And now people act like it's the only thing that matters. It can be helpful, but, but there is no one right or wrong answer to any decision these guys are making and and that's why I, I i may be the only person in town but i'm kind of enjoying this whole development because i do think this is the way this is supposed to work and 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 i think it's fun to see when it goes right it's, it's very frustrating when you see things like the broncos game and a few other things you know where things just went completely wrong um but i think we're getting a much better idea about these two about the coach and gm and i think at the end of this season it will be fair to, you know, have a position on these two. But right now, I'm just still not totally sure about either one of them. When you see a quarterback struggle or succeed in the fourth quarter or the second half of the fourth quarter and, and the last couple drives, and and what value do you place on that? Because Justin Fields has just been – he's not somebody you want quarterbacking your team on the last drive. Let me just say that, whether it's analytics – or simply raw numbers. Where do you? How do you think NFL executives value that? Well, I, I don't think I know because this is something that I, the question that I ask a lot, and I can tell you they value it tremendously, and it's huge, and it is exactly connected to what I've been saying about Justin. You know, basically for the last year and a half, which is this—it's the mental aspect of playing the position. It's not that he's not smart; he is. He's very smart. But is he NFL franchise quarterback smart? Very few guys are, and he has shown nothing to suggest that yet. You find that out more in the fourth quarter than in any other time when the game's on the line. And so far, unfortunately, he has failed pretty much consistently in that area. And that's what worries me the most about him. Because like I think I said it about 10 minutes ago, I don't know that that can be taught. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know that that's not something you're born with. That's why it makes it so hard to figure out which one of these guys are the one you want. That's why 80 to 85% of the quarterbacks drafted in the first round fail, because there is no clear answer to that question. 
but but you've touched on the most important part. When the game is on the line, do you have the guy who understands and runs the game better than most other people in the league? And that's why they win. And he hasn't shown that yet. And I think that that is a real concern. If you're late to class here on Saturday Suckage in my time with Hub, then you don't realize that Hub is mean. There's all sorts of spokes going out from Hub, and one of them is the Cubs. So we can get his, we could take his temperature as a Cubs fan. What did you think about the hiring this week of the new manager? And what did you think about the the Shohei talk? Well, you know, I think on Cousins, I think fans have to be excited. I, I, I don't think David Ross was the problem. And, and I, after they said he was coming back for him to get fired a couple weeks later, yeah, on one hand, that bothers me because, you know, Ross is is kind of a Cubs legend in a lot of different ways, and I hate to see that happen. On the other hand, I'm glad to see the Cubs acting like a team that wants to contend to be the best team in the league. And they did hire, I can't say the best coach in Major League Baseball, but they certainly hired one of the three or four best coaches of the, of the last, what, nine years or eight years. And, and I think that's a really good thing, you know, and, and – and I think you have to be excited about it. I think that as much as it's frustrating how, you know, the last month of the season went, what went on for the two months before that was exciting. I think there's some talent here to be excited about. And knowing that they are committed to adding more, um, it's it should be a really exciting time for Cubs fans. I, I don't see anything to be worried about at this point, other than, you know, he'll make some more mistakes with players. But uh, I, I like, everything that they've done in the last two or three months, except obviously for those last few weeks when things came apart. And and I think there's enough in place now that with two or three key ads this off season, and then, you know, I, I can't remember, I've been a, a Cubs fanatic for, for 70 years, I guess. And I can't remember them, you know, the number one rated farm system in major league baseball or number two, depending on who you believe in, has that ever happened before? <laughs> you know, if we ever heard that they've got that much talent coming and, and so they've got a lot to work with. They've got one of the best managers in baseball right now, and they've already got, you know, three gold glovers and, and, and an MVP candidate, or at least he was until the last couple of weeks in, in Cody. And so, you know, it's just, it's kind of an exciting time to be a Cubs fan. I can't wait to see what the roster looks like when they get to Arizona in the, in, in the spring. Look better with Shohei there, so nobody mentioned his name. He doesn't want anybody to know at the Cubs meetings. We're not to mention he who shall not be named, so that way nobody talks about meetings and they have a chance to do that. I think that would be that would be terrific. Okay, so the other part, one of the other spokes that flares out from Hub is Michigan football. <laughs> and so there was Connor Stallions and there was Uncle T and there was Michigan going, we've been wronged and we're going to, oh, never mind. So how are you and your school doing? All right. Let me just, real quickly, just go back to Otani because I didn't answer your question. Oh. It, it does bother me that they're already know he's not going to pitch this year. And and so you also don't know how well he's going to pitch in, in 95, in, in 25. But you do know that he's one of the best hitters in the league, so I think you got to want him. But I, I'm a little less, uh, you know, let's pay whatever we have to for Otani than anybody else. I I think that, that's, that the $500 million contract that he's going to get is enough to get two potential MVP candidates. And, and so, 
you know, I'd be careful with that one, although I, I certainly won't be disappointed if they get him. Now, going to Michigan, yes, I'm an alum. Yes, Jim Harbaugh is still a good friend of mine. And, and, and so it is, you know, hard to be completely, you know, neutral on it. But I, I do know this. They have now, you know, done whatever they've done. But the uh, the Big Ten has said, we have no evidence whatsoever that Jim Harbaugh knew anything about this. It, it, it's in the letter that was released. And so how do you suspend a guy for a second time for three games and knowing how huge these games are when you haven't even started you know, in, in looking into it yet? I mean, they started looking into it, but they haven't even really begun this. So the whole thing, I think, has just been ridiculous. Now, Jim is, uh, and, and again, he's, he's a good friend of mine. I know him pretty well. He can be a little crazy sometimes. There's no question about that. Little? But one thing he, well, or a lot. But, <laughs> okay. but what I can tell you for a fact is there's nothing dishonest about him. You know, and so um, did did he know about this? I have to believe he did. He's the head coach. You know, he runs the program. But, but explain to me how sign stealing isn't against the rules but this kind of sign stealing it, none of this makes any sense, you know, and, and they've made it sound like Michigan and, and Harbaugh are, are the worst cheats in the world. And that's clearly not what's happening here. So it's unfortunate. And, 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 and I, you know, listen, as far as what they've agreed to this week, Steve, that's about the legality of it. That, that, that I'm not going to say you don't understand, but I don't understand. And, and I'm sure, you know, that it was that simple, um, and, and I think they were looking at trying to quiet it down and make it go away. But uh, I, I have, you know, been in touch with Jim a little bit, but I don't have any details or any more information that would help explain this to anybody else. I do know that Michigan is a great school. I do know that they are one of the two or three or four best teams in, in college football right now. And um, I, I just think it, it's inexcusable that they're punishing this guy while they're saying we have no evidence that he's guilty of anything. So that's my problem with it. Now, why did Michigan suddenly back off of their, their lawsuit? You know, that I don't know, but I assume that they were guaranteed some things that it, that it was a decision like any business decision. They just decided that this may put them in the best place going forward. I also think they know, I don't know this for a fact from Jim, but I think it's pretty close to being a fact that he's going to be in the NFL next year. And so, you know, how they approach that probably has something to do with the decisions they're making right now, too. Okay, well, that was going to be my last question. Is like, how fast does this get him to the NFL? And there we go. Apparently, pretty quick. So the goal is win a national title, somehow survive this crucible of the next two games, and we go from there. You know, Steve, I, I'm pretty sure that he was headed back to the NFL before this this story broke. I, I just think that that, that knowing Jim, I, I just think he's probably a little better fit there. I don't think he likes a lot of this, a lot of what's going on, and it's always going on in college football. Yeah. And and you know, I, I just think he's going to be more comfortable there. But hey, I also know that he's as nutty a Michigan alum as I am, so I could be wrong about that. But <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be surprised if he is not the head coach of the Chargers next year. Oh, wow. Look at that. I like that. Okay. Put a pin in that one. Hub, thanks. Always great talking with you about everything. See, people, you're late to class, and then you don't know how much <laughs> Hub knows or has thoughts on. Thanks. Be well. All right. Take care, buddy. Bye-bye. That's Hub Arkish joining us on the hotline presented by Circus Sports Illinois. Uh, take a break, and when we come back, uh, I have some things I want to talk about. I am not done banging on AK 
but also have some thoughts on, you know what? Ohio State quarterbacks are all the rage around here. Or maybe they create rage around here. But Ohio State quarterbacks, we'll talk about that. I'm Steve Rosenblum, Saturday Suckage. I suck so you don't have to. Tyler Farringol is doing an excellent job of the same thing. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. It is indeed. I'm Steve Rosenblum. I suck so you don't have to here on Saturday's Suckage. Oh, the Bulls are outdoing me. I will get to I'm not done banging on AK. We'll get to that in a little while. First, this broadcast note. Tune in all day Monday for reaction to Bears versus Lions. Gabe Ramirez will be live overnight from midnight to 5 a.m., followed by Mully and Haw, Bernstein and Holmes and Parkins and Spiegel throughout your workday. So hang out with us on a Plumbers 911 Football Monday presented by Busey Bank and it's not a game, Illinois.com. All of it can be heard on 670 The Score and the free Odyssey app. So Ohio State quarterbacks are all the rage and making people enraged. And it happens to be the case that Ohio State quarterbacks um, suck in the NFL. If they not suck, they never become great. See Justin Fields for detail. See Cardale, Cardale Jones. Remember that? He played about 20 minutes of good football, and how'd that work out for you, right? He sucked. Yeah, there you go. He's part of the program here. But 
You've never, and we've seen our share of Ohio State quarterbacks here. Love T. Zach as a person, and he was great fun in Pittsburgh. I found out that he would frequently bring in, he would have Malnati send them when he was with the Steelers. He would have Malnati send them stuff and deliver pizzas, and that's the way it should be. And sometimes beefs and Portillo's as well as Malnati's, and that's the way T. Zach works stuff. Um, he wasn't quite as good a star on the field as he was among especially Chicago-based, Chicago-native teammates. And we saw any manner of Krenzels around here, and we've seen Justin Fields, and go, what happened? And Well, nothing, not enough has happened. And then one of the top two quarterbacks in the league coming, or one of the top two quarterbacks coming out in the draft is a Ohio State quarterback, C.J. Stroud. He's played nine games, count them, nine, at dog breath Houston, Texas team, Texans team that lost, that won on the last day of the season, thanks to Lovey, and lost the value of the number one draft pick. It fell into the Bears' lap, and they gave the Bears the chance to draft C.J. Stroud. Apparently, they're gun-shy of Ohio State quarterbacks as well. And they traded it. And Panthers owner David Tepper sucks at judging quarterbacks as badly as Ryan Pace does. And we just saw that, Bryce, it's all over. And now you got... C.J. Stroud, taken by the Texans. Available for the Bears had they kept that draft pick. He's played nine games, and he's an MVP candidate. I'll say that again. He's played nine games, and he's an MVP candidate. 15 touchdowns, two interceptions. Top 10 in passing yards, touchdowns, QBR, and quarterback rating. And like you said, Tyler, only two interceptions. And we were talking about it with Hub. We were talking about he's played nine games and the last two weeks have each yielded a game winning drive. The last day before the he has had he had consecutive weeks of game winning drives that Justin Fields has to his credit, he gets credited for two game winning drives. You know one of them is the technicality is game-winning drive. He led a drive against San Francisco in the season opener a year a year ago when they scored with about half the fourth quarter to go, something like that. So he gets credit for that because it held up. San Francisco would become much better. The Bears would become much worse. He also got credit for the victory over the Houston Texans. Now, do you remember how that played out? Yeah, it's 20 to 20, time running out. The Texans just tied it up, and then the Bears drove down and kicked the game winning field goal to win 23 to 20, week three. So they moved to two and one on the year. No, you used the wrong verb. They didn't drive anywhere. Roquan Smith intercepted a pass. That's right. And Roquan Smith ran it back within field goal range. Justin Fields knelt down, knelt down, knelt down, knelt down, knelt down, nothing happened. 
And then Santos kicked the game-winning field goal with, I don't know, 10 seconds ago, whatever it was. That's right. Justin Fields gets credit for a game-winning drive by losing yards and kneeling down. C.J. Stroud, this is what an Ohio State quarterback who stars in the NFL looks like. He gets game-winning drives because they're game-winning drives. You can look at everything he's done. Did Ryan Poles guess wrong? Does he not know anything more about quarterbacks than Ryan Pace does? Is it a thing with Ryan's? But it's absolutely fair to look at C.J. Stroud and what he's doing and look at C.J. Stroud and wonder what the Bears didn't see. There's two things that go on here, and we've heard it from a lot of people. Hub disagrees with late Luke Getze being faulty in some of his coaching. It's not just choosing a guy, it's developing them. Can you put him in a position to succeed? Somehow, whatever Houston's doing down there, they're doing it right. Whatever the Bears have done up here, the best thing they've developed is a backup quarterback who does not have an NFL arm, does not have a traditional franchise quarterback arm. Tyson Bage is pretty accurate. Tyson Bajan, pretty quick release. Tyson Bajan improved in a lot of ways for a guy making four starts. He improved in a lot of ways in the four games that he was there. And yeah, he had a dialed down game plan, but he showed the discipline to stick to the game plan. Whatever he might have missed, look, they all missed something, somebody open. But, but what C.J. Stroud is doing with a team that was arguably as bad as the Bears, and look at where he is, and he's an MVP candidate, and no one's ever, you, you said that about Justin Fields last year based on his running. They're saying it about C.J. Stroud this year based on his passing. It's a passing league, not a running league. So, you wonder, did Ryan Poles miss it? You also wonder, could the Bears have developed that? I see no evidence that they could. I see no evidence that they're going to coach the player who's there. Or, and this is a whole other part of it, As Hub was mentioning earlier, Justin Fields reading the whole field. If you can't teach that, then what we're seeing from Justin Fields is that it's just not there. That's not NFL franchise quarterback quality. And it might save the Bears a lot of money and a lot of misery, and they won't have the whole Daniel Jones situation. But those are the questions we will sit and watch, and you'll watch... C.J. Stroud, quarterback the Bears, didn't pick. All right, now, this is Saturday Suckers. I'm going to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to bang on AK, the Bulls. Amazing stuff. Just amazing stuff. Everybody wants to get out. Not everybody wants to say it. We want them all to get out. And yet, 
what is the value of having tearing down this team when the guy who built this ill-equipped team through inertia or ineptitude would be the guy doing it again? Talk about that after this. Steve Rosenblum, Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The score. Orlando ball with Franz Wagner. Wagner leans over the bounce. Met on a double from Craig and Vooch. They get a cold Anthony with a spin and a backdoor cut. They go to Mo Wagner on a reverse. Count it the foul on Vooch. Mo wow. Wagner has found a home here in Orlando, folks. It's Saturday suckage on 670 the score in Odyssey Station. Chuck on the call. Ex, the sort of the the exhale of frustration of Bill Whittington, right, right in that call. Oh, Wagner's found a home in Orlando. Yes, he has. That was from the Scores broadcast last night. I'll be on the air. Chuck's pregame tonight, six forty-five. Bulls Heat here on the Score tip-off at seven. I'm not done banging on AK yet, and we chose that play specifically as AK tries to play the fans and media for stupid. This is going to go back a little bit, but it still stands. It needs to be called out. Yet another chapter in the gobbledygook meant to confuse or placate the random Reinsdorf in charge, and it starts with that basket, the one you just heard. Orlando's Franz Wagner at the basket, drew the foul, and the foul was on Vooch. Wagner got the switch he wanted. There's Vooch. He's going to the hoop. Traditional three-point play. Wagner gives the Magic a 99-97 lead. They aren't caught again. Wagner against Vooch. That was the key. The Magic drafted Wagner with the eighth overall pick in the 2021 draft with a pick they got from AK in the trade for Tada Vooch. AK's trade for a guy who, and re-signing a guy with diminishing value. His most notable event this year, I think, was yelling at his coach. Wouldn't that be it? And certainly be in the team picture, right? And there's also little evidence that had the Bulls been in a position with the eighth overall pick to draft Wagner, that they could develop him the way the Magic has. See Patrick Williams for detail. See Kobe White. 
See, Lowry, Mark, Lowry Markinen, Dale and Terry. Everybody else, AK drafts, and some most can't shoot, most can't make the rotation, can't make the team. But I want you to remember this, because this is the guy who's still in charge, remarkably so. At the end of the draft came the words from AK, I thought that deal worked out pretty well for us. The deal was Wendell Carter Jr. outplayed Vooch in estimated plus-minus over the last two seasons, and he's like half a lifetime younger. So that alone made the trade suck. But wait, there's more, because Wagner averaged 18.6 points a game in his second season. Patrick Williams averaged less than half that. And he's not in the starting lineup, Patrick Williams, because for whatever reason, he can't play with the adults. He can't sit at the adult table. So the Vooch trade became official after the draft when the Magic took Jet Howard with the last pick they got from the Vooch trade. And again, AK told the public, I thought the deal worked out pretty well for us. You just heard how badly it worked out player-wise. How badly the guy in charge of the Bulls misjudged things. But talk about setting the bar low. Let's talk about NBA titles for a franchise that has six trophies. Oops. Let's talk about the Eastern Conference titles AK's teams have won. Parentheses, dead air. All right, let's talk about playoff series wins. Asterisk, quiet, asterisk. Okay, let's talk about playoff game wins. One, congrats. Wait, 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 wait. Are we counting the play-in game as a as a Not tournament a playoff. That's a regular season game. Just wanted to One, just wanted to ask. The gentlemen's sweep against the Bucks where they won count them. One. One. Postseason game. I assume they're gonna hang a banner for that. That was AK's idea of a trade working out pretty well for the Bulls. AK's Bulls didn't qualify for the playoffs in 2021. AK's Bulls lost a first-round series 4-1 to to the Bucks, like you said. AK's Bulls didn't qualify for the playoffs last year. In fact, the core of AK's team choked in the last eight minutes against tonight's opponent, the Miami Heat. Still haven't made a basket. They could not get out of the play-in round. And they're 4-9 and nine this year after last night's loss to the Magic. In a division, they're ahead of only the Pistons. And they just lost to the 2-11 and 11 Pistons, didn't they? Isn't that what happened last week? They lost to the 2-11 and 11 Pistons? I think they beat the Pistons the other week, but yeah. They- Did they beat them? Oh, okay, yeah, then they- I had that wrong. I just I don't want to deprive them of any of their four wins. Congratulations on being the 2-11 and 11 Pistons. So this works out like a dream. This is... This is AK wants you to believe this is the Kareem to the Lakers trade. You know, from my view, it looks, it sucks to give the Bulls your money when this counts as pretty well to the guy in charge. But he doesn't have to talk straight with you 
as a fan, doesn't have to talk straight with the media. Only one person has to be suckered by that, and that's whichever random Reinsdorf is in charge. I have a legitimate question for you. Are you genuinely surprised at how bad the Bulls suck this year? Because they did nothing in the offseason to warrant a discussion about maybe improving from last season. Yes, they did. They told you they were bringing in a new shooting coach, and they're one of the West sh- worst shooting teams in the league. Were we supposed they to buy that? They are far worse. We were supposed. Well, yeah, they that counts as we're changing. We're keeping. We're going to run it back, and we're changing. Parentheses this is a changing. Snot bubble of a plan, Tyler. All right, we'll take a break. We'll talk more bulls. We'll get a different look, an inside look from Julia Poe of the Tribune. The Bulls, again, they play second half of back-to-back. They'll play Miami tonight. You'll hear it on the score. Chuck's pregame, 645. This is Saturday Suckage. So, of course, we're going to talk about the Bulls. Chicago Sports Radio, 670, the score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 